0: Do you want to know about customs, traditions, beliefs, and culture of different countries? Have you ever wondered how different backgrounds influence our worldview? Let's find out together. Join us every Friday from 10 to 12 on Moostar Hello, dear listeners. Today in the cultural program with you are Andrei, Ricardo and Ioan. Hello, you spoiled my name. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And today we are going to speak actually a very interesting topic about the songs or albums that changed the world, changed the music world or changed something in
1: us. Basically, we are going to speak more about the albums that changed the world. It can be like a change in the real world or in our own world and the songs that just changed our world. So guys... I think we can start just straight with some albums maybe, what do you think? Yep, I agree. So, who wants to start, wants to be the one to start? I want you to start. You want me to start? Yes. Okay, so, which album do you want me to talk about? Because I have a lot actually, because I'm really fond of music. I will tell the number of your list. Let's start from the sixth album on your list. But no, because I have a surprise album <laughs> that I didn't tell you guys. And this album was really important to me and to the music, actually. This album is Stand Up by Jethro Tull. Mm-hmm. Do you know Jethro Tull, guys? I heard the name. You, uh, yeah? Not really, no. Jethro Tull are a really, really important band of the 70s. They are a prog rock band. But really, they have their own genre. This album was important in music because they first put the flute into rock. So creating this own genre. And their music is concepted like medieval rock, which is Mm -hmm. the first time that someone did something like so brave. Mm -hmm. Imagine medieval music put into rock. It's just insane. And one of the most famous pieces of this album and of the world is Budi that is an instrumental song just with flute, which is actually a cover of the Bury of Bach, because Jethro Tull always liked to cover some famous classical pieces. So for example, they also covered, and this is a really interesting fact, a song that was written by Henry VIII. It's called Pastime with Good Company, and they covered it with just the flute, the bass, and the guitar, and it was awesome. So this is a new way of experiencing music because you can actually match classical music with rock music or progressive rock music and they are the only one able to do that and after Jethro tall some other bands try to put the flute into their songs we can speak about genesis for example in Mm -hmm. suppers ready yes when peter gabriel was part of genesis because when he went away they just stopped playing the flute because he was the only one able. And then also Led Zeppelin, because the intro of Starway to Heaven is played by the flute. And also an interesting fact, which is a bit out of the topic about Jethro is that despite they are a medieval rock band, they won the prize as the best metal band. And so Ozzy Osbourne was really pissed. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, oh, come on, it's not possible, we are Black Sabbath. And they, they made like wonderful pieces. They, Went out with paranoid that time. Oh, yeah, I would be pissed too. Yeah, and so Jan Anderson went on the stage and said, I don't know why people say that we are not heavy metal. I play the flute, which is heavy, and it's from, made out of metal. So it's <laughs> <laughs> the most heavy metal thing that, <laughs> that we have here. Yeah, that's actually
0: <laughs> a great argument. Yeah, how can you
1: say no? Well, you, you would spoil the joke actually if you say no. I think so. So basically, Jethro Tull and this album are really, really important for music for that reason. And from that album, which is the second album of Jethro Tull, they started this flute mood. Because the previous album, which was the first one, was jazz and blues. But Mm -hmm. the guitarist decided to leave the band and Martin Barr came and took like this medieval music, rock music, and it's just great. So guys, if you want to listen to Jethro Tull, I really recommend you stand up, but also Aqualung, but we will turn to Aqualung a bit later.
0: Hmm, Interesting, now I really want to listen, and I actually can continue this topic of bringing the new instruments into the genre with the album of... Bob Dylan which is called bringing it all back home because he brought into the folk music actually the electric guitar and he made a new way of making the folk music because it is considered to be the first folk rock album. Released in one of Pop's pivotal years, bringing it all back home fused hallucinatory lyricism and, on half of his tracks, a raw, ragged rock and roll thrust. On the opening song, "Subterranean Homesick Blues," Dylan manages to pay homage to the Beatles, to the Beats, and Chuck Berry while anticipating this real world play of rap. And actually, this song, "Subterranean Homesick Blues," was in the beginning of the movie "Don't Look Back" by David Pennybaker. Baker if I'm not mistaken with the name. Yes, and this was actually the birth of a new genre of documentaries, which was called Cinema Verite, which is like, how would you say, they didn't use any montage or so on, they just they were just following the real life. And in this video he establishes not only the new genre with the music, but the new language because he drops like pieces of paper with written words on them and some words are written wrongly. And this is how he establishes that you don't need to follow the rules. Nowadays you can change everything you want. And actually there is a great line in this song, you don't need the weatherman to know where the wind blows. Yeah, so don't listen to anybody, do your thing. And first, fans were surprised because nobody thought that folk music can be with uh, rock and roll instruments, for example, electric guitar, and they thought that it would be bad. (laughs) Let's let's say it like this. (laughs) But time proved that it was actually the pivotal moment and I think also this paved the way for another folk combined with other z- genres for example let's look at Taylor Swift who started also like a folk singer but now she is a pop and she brought this folk to the pop and she combined it and now she is really popular so I think Bob Dylan was the one who paved the way to the other people from the folk industry who wanted to merge the genres with something else yes for my
2: case uh, I will talk a bit about Metallica because uh, in the metal there is a lot of uh, variety, as you said, mm-hmm. me- medieval metal, heavy metal, black metal, and uh, some kind of uh, marginal uh, metal. But uh, Metallica is famous because he has uh, become uh, popular uh, with uh, this uh, idea of black metal. And uh, with the famous uh, title uh, Nothing Else Mather. And uh, for for my case, uh, I prefer the "Justice for All" uh, with the song uh, "To Live Is to Die" because it is uh, a remember uh, about uh, the violence in uh, in metal uh, that you can see uh, with some uh, with some problem uh, with people because uh, this song is a remember for a guy uh, a member of the band that, that was. Uh, that uh, have uh, dying by uh, an accident, and uh, I will uh, follow with uh, this idea uh, of uh, because uh, the metal uh, I have grown uh, with uh, this uh, metal ID, b- even with the fact that uh, after I have changed, and uh, I think you can have a really uh, nice uh, event in uh, metal for uh, with uh, some it can be violent, but uh, I don't think it's uh, so dangerous. And uh, so Metallica is uh, in correspondence with uh, Megadeth
0: mm-hmm.
2: because uh, the, uh, the the singer of Megadeth uh, was in uh, Metallica uh, in the beginning, and uh, th- there uh, was uh, some problem. And the after there was in concurrence. And uh, Metallica is re- really famous because uh, it it shows uh, some music with a valor of uh, respect of uh, patriotism because uh, you can see that in the, the days that never come uh, to, uh, that is a uh, remember uh, to to the war and uh, also the black album and the uh, justice for all and uh, so it have uh, some uh, fought about uh, the politics the the vibe are uh, are uh, accessible to popular people but uh, even with the fact uh, that is uh, heavy metal or black metal yes
1: Actually, I think that metal is the genre of music with more branches. Than any, than any other yeah, genre? There is yeah. a lot
2: of variety. Uh, you can see medieval metal. Uh, Folk metal. Gothic metal. Uh, there there is also
1: opera metal yeah. with Nightwish. They made opera metal. Mm-hmm. Then we have the swing metal. There is really a lot.
0: Well, maybe you're right. I w- won't
1: agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> but, but also won't tell no. <laughs> <laughs> but now let's talk about something that is not metal, because I have a really important album to talk about. Do you guys know the band The Who? Of course, yes. Well, The Who, of course, are known in from the 60s, because they wrote the first generation manifesto ever. Which was the song "My Generation," mm-hmm, yes, that everybody knows and everybody can relate. That and also they are famous for the album and the movie Quadrophenia. But their most important work, to me, was the album Tommy. Did you know about the album Tommy? I heard about it from you. Oh, <laughs> so it was from 1969, uh-huh. a great year for music. And Tommy has something really peculiar because it is the first opera in rock history hmm. and this is massive because there were before concept albums like beach boys did it with pet sounds then the beatles frank zappa made a lot and also Jethro with Akolang and a passion play but tommy was the first one and it tells the story of a guy named tommy which was blind, deaf and dumb. So the poor guy had nothing, Mm -hmm. just the touch. He could just touch things. And the story tells about him that manages to become a pinball master, just with a touch. And so the song "Pinball Wizard, Mm -hmm. which is really famous by The Who, which is the conclusion of the album Tommy. And so this was like really important for that time because the albums were really short. 45 minutes per album, Mm -hmm. 50. But Tommy was like the breakthrough because it lasts 75 minutes. And without Tommy, we probably wouldn't have been able to listen to Pink Floyd, The Wall. Because The Wall also is like an opera concept, which tells a story. Mm -hmm. So first, the concept albums, just to explain to our listeners, are albums that have a main topic that is told you like throughout the songs, but they just tell a topic. So, for example, you can make a concept album about war, but opera is when you tell about someone. So you just tell all the story. It's like a book, Mm -hmm. but with music. And that's why it is really important.
2: Yes, uh, to stay in uh, English vibe, I will talk a bit about uh, joint division. Because Jawood Division, it was a, a success story, but uh, also a short uh, period. Because uh, what is interesting is the, the singers that uh, have some uh, epileptic uh, fact, and it was uh, realistic sick. And uh, you can see that in uh, the instrument with this that uh, uh, which that mean I remember to the epileptic uh, with this uh, electronic vibe and uh, mm-hmm. and a bit uh, li- like uh, an, an urgent uh, music. But it's really interesting. And uh, after he died, uh, because uh, he was uh, in love uh, with a girl, and uh, this girl uh, don't have give uh, it him, and uh, so he, he has uh, he had a bad end. But uh, it's a bit yes, it's uh, English vibe uh, during this period, uh, and uh, in a moderate way, as uh, the Wu, the Beatles, and uh, all this stuff. It's not the same with Sex Pistol, which uh, we will uh, talk a bit later, but uh, yes, it's uh, a bit this idea of being in a positive vibe uh, with uh, some uh, groove and, uh, and yes.
1: Actually, Joy Division are the first one to make dark rock. Hmm. This genre is called dark rock. So maybe rock music has the more genres than... Oh, no way. <laughs> Heavy metal still <laughs> top them all.
0: Well, I will continue with... Uh, with my line of creating new genres like Bob Dylan did, but now I will speak about the Ramones and their album which is called the Ramones. They said that fun disappeared from music in 1974, the lead singer Joe Ramone claimed, and to restore it took he and his three brothers just one album and 16 tracks, all under three minutes. And they, with this album, the Ramones, they are considered to have established the... Punk rock, as well as popularizing it years afterwards. Despite the lack of popularity, it didn't have popularity in the era. The importance of the album for the development of punk rock music was incredible, influencing many of the most well known names in punk rock, including The Damned, The Clash, Black Flag, Misfits, Green Day. Also, as we remember from other our cultural program, the other guys who got inspired by the Ramones were the Beastie Boys. Because they heard the Ramones and the music was so, so much fun, but so easy, that they knew that they could do it. I will have another band, which was also, well, like inspired, yeah, also maybe inspired by the Ramones, which is the Stooges and Iggy Pop. So the Ramones were in the beginning of all the punk music, you may say. Almost all the punk music with their And you know a lot of their tracks, and their tracks are covered by a lot of people, and they also had their version, for example, of Spider-Man, the Ramones version. Yes, and their texts about... Uh, everything and about uh, even like, I'm tired of this wor- the world, I want to be sedated, and KKK took my baby away, so they sang about everything. Everything they wanted, and that was like the real punk behavior for me. Yes, uh, I remember uh, the
2: song uh, Let's Go, and uh, it really is uh, this idea of uh, the, the beginning of the, the punk, and uh, mm-hmm. to make uh, some uh, pogo in a concert. And, uh, yes. Uh, just, uh, yeah,
1: it is so yes. much fun. <laughs> actually, I had the pleasure of meeting Marky Ramon, Ooh. because he comes every year in Italy because he's the ambassador of Virgin Radio Italy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how it came that but he came to my city to have a concert. And we had the occasion to speak with him a bit and he's a really nice guy. You know, you see them like in the in the videos or in the concerts, you think they are strange. <laughs> but they are not. He was just humble. Yeah, usually like easygoing. It was kind of a surprise, actually.
0: Yeah, usual guys with usual weaknesses, because there was a story, I will just make a little bit go off-road, off-topic. There was the story in the movie made by Jim Jarmusch about the Stooges. There was the story about one of the members of the band who had to go to the hospital because of drinking and eating, and he, like had diet for some time but then she just couldn't stop it and he like started to eat and drink a lot again and died so they are like usual people on the stage they completely different from the real life but let's get back to the music
1: yes because now i don't want to talk about punk i have some okay. punk albums but we'll discuss them later because i want to take you to the progressive rock area do you like progressive rock first mm, kind of Okay, so Progressive Rock is basically the fusion of classical music and rock music. Uh The most famous band of Progressive Rock and psychedelic one is Pink Floyd. Uh So everyone thinks, and they are mistaken, that Pink Floyd were the founders of this genre. but. There is a big but. No, because the first ones to create this genre were King Crimson, with mm-hmm. the album In the Court of the Crimson King, which is utterly beautiful and was strange for that era. First, the guitar is not so important here. And it's different from all the other genre of music, because it's kind of sits in the back, the guitar, to make place for the synthesizer, which is really new for that era, because we have to remind everyone that In the Court of the Crimson King was released in 1969. Mm-hmm. The length of the album is strange, because the song at first are of two, three canonical minutes, but the more the songs, the more the minutes. So you arrive at In the Court of the Crimson King, which is the last song, which is like 10 minutes. So it's like an escalation of minutes. And the content of the lyrics also change because they quote folk elements and they were like accused of disconnection from reality for that album. <laughs> and that one is also a concept album and you should listen to it because it's like really beautiful. But just to make you acknowledge the value of this album, without In the Court of the Crimson King, we wouldn't have at all progressive rock. So, just forget about, for example, Genesis or Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. And they say that they were influenced by King Crimson.
0: It's strange that they were accused in like getting away from reality, but the 60s and the 70s were the times when people were getting away from reality. <laughs> yeah, there was no reality. I mean,
1: there was Woodstock. Uh, yes. So, <laughs> strange accusation for that yeah, time. <laughs> but it actually happened, so...
2: Yes, yeah, so we can talk also, uh, as uh, everybody know uh, Nirvana, the beginning of the grunge, and the, the only representative of the grunge, in fact. Uh, even with uh, there is uh, some uh, grunge music, uh, everybody uh, has in mind uh, Nirvana when you talk about grunge, because uh, it's uh, the fact to be dirty, to be in uh, some revendication, and to make uh, on the voice of uh, Kurt Cobain, of course. It's a v- really an eternal uh, music. It's for teenager, but not for only for teenager. And uh, Nirvana, uh, but everybody knows that uh, it's uh, after the. And uh, I but recommend you uh, to uh, to listen. Uh, there is now uh, some collector uh, about Nirvana with a song uh, as uh, "Rape Me," something in the way, and uh, it's really an eternal music and. Uh, and uh, I think uh, it uh, it's a uh, an history of the of the music because there is uh, this is the only representant. He have uh, created uh, his own uh, movement, and uh, after uh, him uh, he he had stop. Uh, you have uh, some grunge music, I think, but uh, it's not the same as uh, Nirvana. And uh, his uh, career was uh, really
1: meteoric. Nirvana made one of the most famous albums in the history of music and that album will stay forever, which is Nevermind. Mm-hmm. But also Bleach, their strength was maybe just the frontman. It was Kurt Cobain, like this complex character, but also the music that was like really arriving to your soul. Mm-hmm. Like in a dirty way. That was Grunge Means actually. But there is one mistake that everyone makes, because in this generation, everyone thinks that Nirvana were the founder of Grunge. But that is a mistake, because Grunge was founded in Seattle, where they were from, yes, but from Madhoney. Do you know Madhoney, guys? No. I was from those who thought that Nirvana was the founders. No, Madhoney were the founders. And also, there is another important band for Nirvana, from which Kurt Band said without them Nirvana would never ever have born, which is Meat Puppets. Do you know guys the song Lake of Fire? Yes. It's a cover of Meat Puppets <laughs> and also Plateau uh-huh. is a cover of Meat Puppets. So Madonna and we can say also Meat Puppets were the founders of grunge and nowadays grunge is kind of different from the Nirvana one. Uh-huh, yes, that's true. So we had Soundgarden,
0: uh-huh, which were yes.
1: pretty grunge, but in the end they were not so grunge anymore. They were more rock, and then also Pearl Jam, yes, which were like really grunge with the album Ten, the first released album. But nowadays they are still great, but changed a bit the way of playing. It's interesting for me that grunge,
0: as I think it was born, not to be popular, the genre. The, bo- the bands sub- didn't supposed to be popular, they supposed to play the music they like, and that's it. And the Kurt Cobain didn't want all that popularity, but in the end he got it, it's like, now we think that Nirvana is the founder of the grunge. But I, g- guys, will move you back to the punk rock music and speak a little bit about the Stooges and their album Raw Power which was produced actually by David Bowie, who also helped reform the band. And "Roll Power was the Stooges' late swung song and their most influential album. The Detroit group were already legendary for incendiary live shows. Uh, you! If you've seen how uh, Iggy Pop moves on the stage, <laughs> that just Amazing, he just going crazy. And first two albums. But Raw Power, though selling as poorly as his predecessors, was subsequently cited as a prime influence by virtually every group in the British punk scene. Not only in the US from where the Stooges were, but also in the British punk scene, yeah. And without this album there would be no punk as we know it. Uh, There would be no Sex Pistols who covered, for example, No Fun. And also No White Stripes. And White Stripes is one of my favorites, favorite bands, just like the Stooges. Yes, and Iggy Pop, I love the phenomenon. Actually, Iggy Pop is like the phenomenon of, pal- of punk music, because how much he took into
1: him of different substances. I don't know. But I think still
0: he can move
1: like a youngster. This is like the magic that he has along with Keith Richards, Mick, Mick Jagger. Jagger. Yes because no one knows their antibodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really don't know. They should be dead like 10
0: times. (laughs) Yes, so it's not there. only his music is a phenomenon that changed the world, changed the music. It's also him is the phenomenon that can be the image of the punk
1: rock music and rock music in general. So you spoke about punk, you quoted like Sex Pistols, Ramones, but I want to talk about one band that managed to stood up in that time. It was 1977, so the punk was at its best Mm -hmm. with all these bands, amazing bands. But this band, which is television, they managed to create a new genre, which is the new wave. Television with the album Marky Moon, which is a really strange album. And I listened to it because I didn't know about television and the album Marky Moon before. But it has some punk inside because, of course, they lived in the same time. But it feels like kind of strange because it's more like primordial or transgressive, actually, Mm -hmm. than punk, which is kind of strange. And they created this new genre, which is the new wave. So this was the importance of Marquee Moon by television. But now that you mentioned, of course, punk rock... I can't help but to quote the Sex Pistols, which are the iconic band of punk rock with, the, the, most violent, yes. yeah, with the album Nevermind the Bollocks. Mm-hmm. Here are the Sex Pistols. Because I think that everyone knows, like everyone in the earth, about Sex Pistols.
2: Yes, yes. but uh, when, uh, because, uh, when I listen music, I think uh, if uh, I want to go to, to the event, because uh, sometimes I listen music and uh, I like the music, but I don't want to go to the event and uh, I would be uh, in notice projection, a bit uh, afraid to to go in a sex pistol concert, uh, <laughs> because uh, there, there was uh, really uh, some uh, some violence,
0: yes yeah, actually never thought about this this yeah. way yeah, and I'm, I wouldn't either. Well, maybe from afar,
1: not in the crowd that can <laughs> crush me. Well, actually I would not. Yeah, one is because the poke that was really intense during Sex Pistols, but just because they have few songs, because they released just one album, this album. hmm So it was just one shot and it's done.
0: Yeah, but a really, really bright one.
1: Oh yeah. They make a living out of it. Remembers, yeah. And this is the actually the the symbol of the desire of anarchy and disorder mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it stays in the Olympus of rock forever Okay, yeah, that's true even though I have to admit guys that I don't like sex pistols
2: yeah me neither because uh, it's more a politic thing uh, than uh, really uh, Real music, uh, because uh, it was uh, really revendicative. Uh, it had uh, some uh, impact uh, in the politics about the Queen and uh, stuff like that. It was really a an yeah. provocation and uh, it have, uh, changed a bit the mentality. But uh, for the pleasure of the music, it's a bit... Uh, it's more politic than the music, I think. Uh.
1: But it was actually revolutionary for that time with the, those kind of lyrics. Yes. Like really directed to someone. without yeah, not even, even the like, Queen. Yeah. So it was like the milestone of punk rock. Yes, as we can say.
2: Yes, I will talk uh, to stay in the vibe of uh, punk rock uh, with uh, the the band Trust. It's a French uh, group, uh, antisocial, and it's not so famous, but uh, it's uh, funny and uh, it's uh, an actual music uh, that uh, you and uh, it's uh, really old. Huh? It's uh, from a uh, precedente uh, generation for uh, for the. From uh, the old parents, and uh, it's uh, it's not a famous band, but uh, it's uh, it's cool with uh, with uh, some uh, political stuff. And uh, it's a a lot. It's this uh, it's punk that, that is uh, a bit more constructive than uh, Sex Pistol or uh, other band uh, because uh, it's uh, punk with uh, with the idea of of activism in uh, politics, in uh, but not uh, just in pure destruction and. Uh, and uh, yes, it's uh, it's uh, the music th- yeah, that uh, you can hear uh, in manifestation, uh, for example. And uh, I will continue with uh, with uh, the uh, the group uh, Blink uh, One Eight Two. It's already uh, old and uh, it's for teenager but uh, I think it's uh, it's uh, a bit the beginning and the representant of uh, this vibe of uh, commercial music, but not so commercial. and the uh, the fact to be in. Uh, a bit in uh, the appearances and uh, to make skate and uh, it's all it's a skate uh, vibe and uh, it remember uh, me uh, when I was teenage and uh, yes it's the same for some forty one or uh, Green Day it, uh, it's uh, a bit this, uh, this
1: vibe yes and I have a fun fact about Blink one eighty two, if I may, because you know okay Blink but what is one eighty two one eighty two according to the legend is the number of the times that the word F, we cannot say that in the radio, was said in the movie Scarface. <laughs> so they actually counted all the F-words in yeah, Scarface better, and them. then 182.
2: As, yes, maybe. I, I don't remember, but uh, there was uh,
0: some legend about that. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, Blink-182 actually... Three songs only associated with them. It's uh, I Miss You, uh, What's My Age Again and All The Small Things. Because it's from like my year, around teenage, maybe even a little bit younger years. And I remember watching it on MTV and this video of I think What's My Age Again, where they're running naked.
1: Yeah, (laughs) but also in all the small things they are naked. Yes. Yeah, in the beginning. They love to be naked. Mm, yeah,
0: but but then their lead singer I think left. One of the lead singers left, and their music changed, and I stopped loving. Yeah,
2: yeah I, uh, They have. Uh, they continue uh, again yeah, yeah, today. Yeah. And the batter uh, Travis Berker is really good. Hein? It's re- it's a really uh, famous uh, in battery with uh, some uh, skills, and uh, it's considered considered as uh, one of the most famous uh, g- guy in battery. I think. mm mm-hmm but uh, in a more popular way uh, because uh, it's not uh, the same vibe uh, as the metal or where it's uh, really technical mm-hmm. but uh, people think uh, it's good yes. uh,
1: because actually it's difficult to make a rhythm out of punk it should be like always the same mm-hmm. so if you can like change it a bit it's like a big step I think but I'm not a drummer so <laughs> I <laughs> and don't I don't know uh, not bad yeah.
0: well uh, as you mentioned punk again i will tell you about the band that was also inspired by the ramones and the punk music and it is the beastie boys with the album license to eel and their album is a major major event in the musical history first of all because of the mixing of genres that you could mix rap hip hop music with anything you wanted and create for example a really great track which people who love rap hip hop and who love rock and roll will love the fight for your right to party and make it maybe a party anthem for somebody also it is famous for its misogynist (laughs) <laughs> part because of the song Girls, for example. Yes, the Beastie Boys had to stop even singing these songs, but then they came back to singing them. And yeah, it, this album just started uh, a, a big, big project of Beastie Boys that became the cultural phenomenon that influenced a lot of and a lot of musicians around the world who paved the way to some other rap, hip hop, rock musicians. And also they have been inducted to the rock and roll and hip-hop Hall of fames, I think. And this, I think, tells a lot about the
1: band and the album. But we mentioned a lot today Ozzy Osbourne, but we didn't speak about him. And it's not fair because Ozzy with Black Sabbath and the album Black Sabbath in 1970, they actually created heavy metal. So this album is the milestone of heavy metal Yes, and they were accused with this album to be, like, called satanic, to give, like, satanic imaginary, Mm -hmm. which was, like, kind of funny because the bassist was a Roman Catholic (laughs) and another member was a fan of Roman Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, but this album is really strange because it's really, really short. It's just 30 minutes of album and there is one song embryo mm-hmm. which i really love but it's just 27 seconds uh, but the riff of that song is so amazing so mesmerizing that when you reach the end you're like okay when does this song start but mm-hmm. no just as like this and someone asked them like but it was a riff for a song or said no just that song 27 seconds why do we have to do like two minutes song song or mm-hmm. three minute song
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why? Why should you? And actually, uh, the last video clip that Ozzy Osbourne had released is called "Ordinary Man" with the Elton John on the piano. And he remembers his life, and he he's sitting there because he, I think, was di- diagnosed with some serious disease. And he, yeah, he's still sick. Yeah, he had to cancel the tour, and there he sits and reminds all his career. And yeah, the Black Sabbath were like a huge, huge thing for the music.
1: Oh, definitely, and also, without Ozzy Osbourne and the Black Sabbath, there would have never been no Spinal Tap, no grunge at all because grunge comes from heavy metal for the sounds. So no Kurt Cobain either, and no Nirvana. So thank Ozzy for what you did. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. But I- and also, <laughs> oh, okay. And also, we have to say that. <laughs> I hope not to be chancellor here that Ozzy was eating bats before it was mainstream. But
0: was he? Is
1: it a fact or a legend? Who knows? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and
0: I will take you guys away, way away from the rock, me- metal, punk, and so on. <laughs> and no. we'll speak about the Spice Girls and the album Spice. Come <laughs> on. Oh, <man. laughs> <laughs> yeah, but hey, actually, this album. Is that album, something
1: you want to tell us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really, really want. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to be the younger man, uh,
0: it will be the small segment. But yeah, uh, we have to admit that Spice Girls changes the pop music really drastically. Thanks to them, the pop music understood that the prime audience may be a really like teenage girl, girls, small girls, and also. The music business in that era, in the 90s, has been cynically creating and marketing acts, uh, but nothing uh, of the scale of the spice phenomenon, uh, which was applied to crisps, soft drinks, you name it. Musically, the spice's motto on light was an original, but girl power, despite being a male invention, touched a nerve and defined a generation of tweenies who took it to heart. and. Also, the influence of this album gets empowered by the generation that was growing in the era of the internet becoming popular. So they could spread it more and more and more. So, yeah, the Spice Girls changed the popul- pop music. Uh, they made it actually appealing to more people with the song Wannabe, because everybody, I think, knows this song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they found new targeting. Uh, auditory to this. Mm -hmm. So, excuse me for this segment. No, but I will
1: follow your lead of pop music (laughs) because if you speak about pop music, of course, Spice Girls were really a huge phenomenon, but there was Um, an album by a a band that I don't like. Yes, uh, this is going to be like a huge revelation because they are the Beatles Mm. with Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Yes, I don't like Beatles, but let's skip this segment and go to the album. Because <laughs> this one may be not the best album that they ever created, according to someone, but it was really important for pop music. Because in that time, it was 1966, 67. people thought of, of pop music like something for teenagers, just to dance, you know, some stuff without content so too light music, but with *Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, they actually managed to reach the art of not just teenagers, but even older people. And that's why this album is really, really important. And also, thanks to this album, we could have other Beatles albums, like in this pop genre mm-hmm. that we know now. Picking between the Rolling Stones and Beatles?
0: I would prefer Rolling Stones also.
1: Yeah. No. Uh, from, from Beatles,
0: more. I only like George Harrison. That's that's the thing. Beatles well, B- is
2: a bit more uh, conformist uh, than uh, the... Yeah, well, yeah that's and true. And
1: actually, maybe I will be like impopular now. They will kick me out of the radio, but every Beatles song sounds like the same. <laughs> and, and a lot of people just turned off the yes. <laughs> radio. While <laughs> Rolling Stones could change way of music. For example, we have a really important album of Rolling Stone which is Exile on Main Street that was recorded not in USA because they were like in self-exile because they didn't want to pay the taxes, mm-hmm. but it was recorded <laughs> entirely in France. And this album is really important because it's their deepest album and they change genres so they will go from rock from blues to jazz and i really really advise this album to you especially the song ventilator blues mm-hmm. if i may thank you you're welcome
2: uh, so i will uh, take of uh, my uh, favorite uh, song of the day that uh, i have uh, listened uh, again uh, after uh, having uh, make, uh, my my list is pantera yeah i don't mm-hmm. know if you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> with uh, uh, it's no, it's more uh, my favorite than uh, uh, revolutionary uh, things because uh, the one of the member was uh, assassinated during uh, the event, and uh, the music is really good with gate, uh, some gate uh, some some pulse in, or uh, also rock, uh, this love and uh, stuff like that. And uh, it's uh, also progressive rock with the the song Planet Caravan. And uh, this group is famous, but not so famous uh, as uh, as uh, some uh, legend uh, in metal. But uh, I- when you see the event, on the video of the event in the past, uh, it look uh, re- really really uh, monstrous. Quoi. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's uh, this kind of event uh, that you want to go, but uh, you are not sure uh, to. <laughs> to, to can afford uh, of afford uh, uh, this uh, big uh, stuff, yes.
1: And also, Black Sabbath made a cover about one particular song, which is Planet Caravan.
2: Yes, uh, it's uh, it excellent. And it's progressive rock, it's not... Uh, yeah. But uh, it's ex- exclusive of uh, this, uh, this band.
1: And now, guys, I want to talk about one of the best, in my opinion, albums in history. Wow. From one of the best artist in history. You know whom I'm talking about? No. Jimi Hendrix, guys. Ah, yeah. With the album Are You Experienced from 1967.
2: I'm not uh, so fan of uh, Jimi Hendrix. No? No, because, uh, it, okay, it's uh, some virtuos in uh, guitar, but uh, I need uh, some uh, something else, yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, actually, yeah, Jimi-, Jimi Hendrix changed the way to play the guitar, and in this album, there is a marriage between blues and psychedelic, then feedback trickery, and it was just awesome, just really awesome. And people say that this album made Jimi Hendrix the first rock cosmonaut.
0: Interesting definition. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And without, of course, Jimi Hendrix, we wouldn't have had Steve Ray Vaughan. Mm-hmm. Or Lenny Kravitz. Oh, and yeah. even... Jack White, I think, also. Also, but even someone that you don't expect. that say that I owe Jimi Hendrix something. Who? Miles Davis. Wow,
0: that means a lot. But yeah, yeah, it's
1: because the genres are like really different. Yeah, but Jimi Hendrix,
0: yeah, he brought a lot, a lot to the guitar playing, actually. Like I think really there are much.
1: two artists that brought really something to to the guitar and to this world one is Jimi Hendrix and the other one is Frank Zappa mm-hmm. yes and Frank Zappa actually I wanted to take an album of Frank Zappa but Frank Zappa really recorded too many albums like 40 albums Well. yeah he was able to record like 3 albums per year <laughs> with like 20 songs he was genius <laughs> that's a lot yeah and he paved the way to guitar actually and then Jimi Hendrix then Jimi followed Hendrix, yeah. his steps
0: and now i will take you again to another genre and it will be hip hop and the artist is dmc with the album named dmc because before they came uh, before them came block rocking dj grandmaster flash and the godfather africa bamba ta which i haven't heard Unfortunately about both of them, but it was actually Run DMC who carved the prototype for today's hip-hop MCs. Their self-titled debut, the first rap album to go gold, was rough around the edges and catchy as hell. As the ref runs spat, unemployment at a record high, people coming, people going, people born to die, the way was paved for conscious and political rap. And without the this album there would be no public enemy. There would be no roots and nuts. And actually, going back to Beastie Boys, DMC were the one of the first who took Beastie Boys to play with them in the concert who popularized Beastie Boys. So without run DMC also wouldn't be maybe, Beastie Boys wouldn't be this big phenomenon.
1: And uh, now that you mention Africa Bambata, which I don't know them, <laughs> but <laughs> I will check it out. But they were really important in the realization of one of the most important albums ever, but this one is really huge. And it's Trans Europe Express from Kraftwerk, dated 1977. Kraftwerk, not a lot of people know about Kraftwerk actually, which is really, really a shame because they are the one who invented the electronic music and this album is the milestone of electronic music. And people think that electronic music are Daft Punk, all these kind of groups. But Kraftwerk were the ones who inspired them. Mm-hmm. And they yes. were the first ones to make this kind of music. So they made a really huge impact.
0: And if I'm not mistaken,
1: he died. like Yeah, he died a few months weeks.
0: ago. A few weeks,
1: even, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was a few days actually, not weeks. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sorry, from yeah. months to days, mm.
0: yes. And uh, another thing, it's already not uh, hip hop but rap, the ANWA Straight Out of Compton. And I think everybody, or maybe a lot of people, know the main one of the main songs from in this album, F Word the Police. which became actually a motto to some gangsters. And this album was so scandalous that the world hadn't heard anything like it before. Radio stations and MTV actually refused to add title songs to their playlists. Critics didn't get it, couldn't see past the language, or worse, refused to acknowledge it as music. Politicians even launched uh, attacks working to great strengths to condemn the music and its creators. Uh, N.W.A. actually considered to the rap music what the Sex Pistols was to the punk music, and also a lot of a lot of Americans were protesting against this music, and uh, the police officers refused to provide security at their concerts. And actually, I was listening to this album, re and this is, I think, what rap is for me. It's the W. N.W.A. straight out of Compton. Because these beats, these texts that also I was thinking that all the Russian rappers in their beginning, in the beginning of their careers, had the nwa like the matrix like i was a person that grew up in a the really food. tough neighborhood yeah and they're like bam then come come the girls and the police is i'm against the police and so on so they like created this matrix for the hip-hop uh hip-hop singers and then uh, to continue the impact of this album there was a movie called straight out compton also about them and also, there is 10 songs inspired by Straight Outta Compton from different uh, rap uh, singers who e- either covered, but not only from rap singers. For example, Raged, Rage Against the Machine covered as the police.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: a lot of bands, not only rap, were influenced by the NWA. Yeah, so
2: it's the uh, time to talk about uh, Rage Against the Machine. Uh, that is uh, really original because it rap uh, with uh, some uh, f- I don't know groove uh, funk music and uh, and uh, it's uh, also really famous uh, for the events uh, that happen uh, in uh, Wall Street. Uh, uh, where uh, they have uh, organized uh, an event uh, against uh, the the financial uh, policy of uh, the United States, and uh, you can see the, the video. And uh, it's really fun because uh, everybody dance, uh, even the the trader. And uh, uh, Rage Against the Machine. It's a band uh, that uh, don't have a product a uh, lot of album, and uh, they have uh, stopped today but uh there is a free album i think but they're all uh, all agree and it's a bit intemporal, and uh it's about uh it's a street thing yes and uh, mm. and uh, it's uh yes uh, i recommend you to listen to the title uh, sleep now in the F- in the fire and uh it's uh it's old it's uh from uh, the the two to sand two uh, two toson yes but uh, it's uh, always uh, actual and uh, you can uh, listen it in a lot of movies and... Uh and
0: actually, I know two facts, maybe interesting facts about Rage Against the Machine. First of them is that for their shows or for their lyrics, they were banned from some shows in the U.S. also, just like N.W.A. So, yeah. Uh, but the second fact, actually, we were speaking about Jimi Hendrix, but one of the other greatest... Guitar players is from Rage Against the Machine. Tom Morella is actually yeah he has like really great techniques and I think he was in Audio Slave. Audio Slave yes that was the name with Chris Cornell yeah the searching for and actually that project I also like just like the ra- Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, now
1: guys I would like to tell you about maybe the most famous album in history. Uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about? The Velvet Underground and Nico from the homonymous album
0: mm-hmm. The
1: Velvet Underground and Nico from 1967. 1967 was a great year for albums, actually. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen... Like the 60s and the 70s. Yeah. Those and rebirth. You may not believe it, but when it was first released, the album sold really poorly. So no one bought that album. They didn't like it. But going now, going year by year, people started to appreciate it, to understand it. And now it's the album that I think sold the most, even because of the artwork, because they made this collaboration, this featuring with Andy Warhol. Mm-hmm. And now I think that for the merchandise, this is the most famous album, because everybody knows about the banana. <laughs>
0: And that's pop art.
1: Yeah. So And also the songs like Sunday Morning. Who doesn't know about Sunday Morning?
0: Uh-huh.
1: Everybody knows. Venus in Fools, which were kind of revolutionary for that time. And so that, I think, is one of the most important albums in history, if not the most important one. And without it, there would be no David Bowie. So thank you just for that. Yes. Just for David Bowie. <laughs> no Roxy Music no Siouxsie and the Banshees no Mary Chain and Mary Chain and other bands Yes and, and actually we didn't mention David Bowie today yeah, Which is such we a pity
0: didn't want to go like really really into obvious stuff
1: but yes. still we went like at WA and so on but <laughs> but still let's mention like an honorable mention The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars Yes which is, I think, one of his best albums, with Low.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: With a song, Sound and Vision, that I really recommend to you guys.
2: And maybe I will talk a bit about uh, Megadeth uh, to to make an echo uh, with the beginning yeah. and Metallica because Megadeth uh, the singer have uh, some uh, story with uh, his uh, old band Metallica and uh, they were uh, really in conflict uh, each other. So it's uh, it's really a thing in the history of the metal the, the conflict between Metallica and Megadeth. And Megadeth is uh, really more uh, uh, obscure and uh, and uh, not. Uh, Popular as Metallica because uh, the vibe is uh, more negative and uh, the singer is also really uh, sulphurous. The the conflict it's uh, between this idea of Metallica to, to become uh, popular and the idea of Megadeth to make uh, real uh, real metal uh, without uh, preoccupation. Yes.
0: And I still have two artists for you, which oh, okay. actually. Uh, they interconnected in the topics. The first one is Marvin Gaye with the album What's Going On? And he was the uh, guy who picked up the topic of Vietnam War and also the topic of the police brutality because in the 60s, 70s there were a lot of protests uh, against the war and all these protests, they actually caused the police brutality. And the... Also, the state of black people in the United States was even worse than now, than the police, among the police, I mean. And he also speaks about this topic in his, uh, what's going on. And it was a really, really courageous act in that that time, because, yes, uh, the state was really against all of these movements. And actually, the hippie movement that was, not that aggressive. It also was able to provoke the pro- police brutality. So, what can can you can imagine what could have happened to the black artists singing about what's going on in my country, the police brutality, and so on, if some of white supremacists would hear this album and would want to do something about it. And the second album is "I Never Loved a Man the Way I Love You" by Aretha Franklin. She is also speaking about uh, the bad state of the black people in the US, but also not only the black men, but black women. Because when we speak about black people in general, we forget that men and women actually experience different oppressions. So Aretha Franklin was the voice of women who uh, raised the problem of oppression not only by white supremacist or something, but even by the man. So her songs by that time uh, could be, and I think were the anthem for the women to fight for their rights also, and for black people too. That's all for me.
2: Yes, uh, you you are you are the only one uh, that have talk about the origin of uh, the rap music. I don't have uh, talk about uh, it uh, even uh, with uh, with the fact that I listen a lot of rap music. But uh, you know the, the origin of uh, the rap, the, the first guy uh, that uh, make uh, rap music. Uh? No? Sorry, no, because I, I remember my lesson in music uh, in school. Uh, there is one guy; uh, he, they, they made. I don't remember the name, but they, they make uh, that that uh, in the street, and I regret to not have uh, sc- uh, searched it. But uh, yes, it's interesting uh, how uh, the, the the contestation in rap uh, work uh, with uh, this uh, segregation idea. And yes.
1: Uh, so guys, it's almost time to end this beautiful program. But first, I want you to share with all our listeners, our favorite songs and why they're our favorite songs, if you feel like. What do you think? Yeah, why not? So, who wants to start? Because I have to think about my favorite song because I have a lot and I have to pick up one.
2: I don't have one favorite song because I listen more than... uh, I listen uh, every time in uh, where uh, where I am uh, at home. And uh, it's difficult to choose uh, one song because it depends of the vibe or the atmosphere, but uh, one green song uh, in my list of the day, yes, for me it's pan- Pantera Walk. I also
0: can't pick up the one song, but I actually can pick up the artists that I think love the most. It's R.E.M. because of their music, how they intertwine different instruments and how their songs sound. And also because of their texts, because the lyrics, I mean, lyrics are really metaphorical. And some of the lyrics are resonating with me, for example, imitation of life. Sometimes you feel like your life is not life, it's just an imitation. And uh, also for their videos, because their videos is also a piece of art. And in this combination, the Ram is my favorite band, but also... I think it's great that they knew the moment when they had to stop because maybe if they didn't stop at that point and stop the band and retire, maybe in the future they would be more like commercially and pop musicy and they wouldn't be themselves. Yes, and it would be like they wouldn't be happy about it. And it would be like in one of the songs by Tom Petty and. Uh, uh, the heartbreakers, that the artist was rocking the golden circles in the restaurant, but when you saw his eyes in close-up, you could see that he was sad. That would be the story of Ram
1: if they didn't stop, I think. And for me, I can't pick up a song and I can't even pick up a group. I will name three bands that were, were and are really important to me. One of them, as you understood throughout the program, is Jethro Tal. I love everything they made for the sounds and the lyrics are utterly beautiful. And maybe for the lyrics, my favorite song is from Jethro and it's Moth. Mm-hmm. But the lyrics are so difficult because they speak in a very difficult English. And it took me like ages to translate that song. <laughs> really, ages. And other than Jethro part of my life is for... Pearl Jam, because I, was, grew, I grew up with Pearl Jam and the album 10, and I follow them throughout the years. And there is a fun fact that every time the Pearl Jam come to Italy, I don't know why that exact day, I'm abroad. <laughs> I never managed to watch Pearl Jam live because I was always abroad. Yeah,
0: they inspire on you.
1: Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they follow me on Instagram, <laughs> and they do that. And the third band that is really important to me, I didn't speak about them today at all, which is really strange, mm-hmm. is Dire Straits. Mm-hmm. And if I have to pick up a song from Dire Straits, would have been like Salsa Swing, but it's still mainstream, I think so money for nothing money for nothing <laughs> even yeah, <laughs> more mainstream or walk of life <laughs> but no i think my my favorite one is not from them it's just from not flair alone and is what it is never heard about it oh, i'll send it to you okay thank what you what it is and i have the just two fun facts about jethrotal and die straits because both jan anderson which is the frontman of jethrotal and Mark Knopfler, the frontman of die Straits, didn't go to music classes. So they played their own um, instruments by themselves. Uh-huh. They self-thought how to play. And Jan Andersson plays the flute, and his daughter plays the flute, but in a school. And she says that the sound of his father's flute is terrible, and he has no technique. And <laughs> she's surprised that he's so famous. <laughs> And Mark Knopfler says, well, actually, I play the guitar like a dog. But if a dog plays like that... Yeah, why not? Why not? (laughs) So, guys, this was our last words for this program, for this cultural program. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you want, just listen to these albums and songs and share your thoughts with us. And if you have, like, different albums that you think are more important than these ones or as important as these ones. Share with us and maybe we can make another program about them, talk about them. Who knows? Yeah, why not? Uh, See you guys. See you guys. Here in the studio, we can finally say it. (laughs) Here in the studio, it was Ricardo,
0: Johan and Andre.
1: Goodbye. Bye-bye.
0: Do you want to know about customs, traditions, beliefs and culture of different countries? Have you ever wondered how different backgrounds influence our worldview? Let's find out together. Join us every Friday from 10 to 12 on Moustak